Oh, yeah. Guess what happened? What? Um, Levi comes home from school and he's like, my belly hurts. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Do you need a snack? He's like, no. I'm like, okay. So he comes in. He's telling me why he got in trouble at school. Yeah. <laughs> and then he turns around and just projectile all over the hallway. Oh, no. And then he runs to the bathroom, projectile all over the bathroom. Oh, no. I am just like, oh. He has a stomach bug of some kind. Some kind. I don't know. Just randomly happened. Like, I'm glad I waited till after school, but my gosh. Because imagine if that happened like in the classroom or something. I would feel so bad for his teacher, especially just after he's just a punk at school and he just like super frustrated because he doesn't understand what he's supposed to do sometimes like Mm. but i think it's because he doesn't listen to the instructions (laughs) and then he's like wait what am i doing (laughs) yeah i just feel bad for his teacher like she oh that poor woman he's need to get paid more no he's in first grade he's in first grade first grade yeah oh that kid man He's getting so old. He is getting old. Speaking of old, freaking Luke's 10. Yeah. So I know. Luke we, had his birthday. Yeah. I mean, when this comes out, it'll be like. Forever ago. <laughs> right, yeah. But it is weird. It's so weird. Yeah. I can't uh, believe it. And you know, I was thinking like during the party and I kept meaning to like, although it's probably not appropriate for kids these days. <laughs> but do you remember like when we had birthday parties and your friends would come over and bring presents and there would be like present games like the heavy heavy hangover oh yeah yeah like that like popped into my head like during his party and I'm like why don't we do something like that like we should look one up that's like a game of like gift giving you know yeah what was it it was like heavy hang heavy hangover thy poor poor head uh what do you wish with the bump bump on your head head, and you have to guess what it is yeah oh then then they drop it on your head <laughs> yeah because they have to you know based off the weight of the head knock uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like okay i i wish it's this and yeah. it's really them guessing what they think it, it is right i remember yeah. knowing ggs because they were always clothes <laughs> yeah but yeah i yeah i do remember doing that i don't know why we don't do that anymore and there were other ones. I can't remember what that was the one that we always did, but I remember yeah. there was other ones that people did, and I can't remember what they are, but I don't that know what be it is. That should be fun. I don't think yeah. I've seen that be a thing for a long time. The last time I think I've heard of any of us doing that or anyone doing that is like elementary school. And why why is it heavy, heavy hangover? You know? Well, I don't know, because you get knocked in the head and you feel like you have a hangover. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Like, oh, this is a hangover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I remember when I was a kid and like I remember hearing the word hangover or hungover, uh-huh. not knowing what that was. And I think, I don't know which adult said this to me, but they're like, oh, it's like when Tweety Bird falls down and there's like the little stars over his head. That's what it is when you're hungover. <laughs> I was a kid being like, huh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> like, I want to see that in real life. Like the little like stars like, above ew. the head. <laughs> That's so funny. I bet that was mom. Probably. Do you remember when mom loved Tweety Bird? Like a little too much. 
<laughs> yeah, it was like she had Tweety Bird everything. Yep. Or like clothes and pajamas. And then and then for some reason Josh, our brother, had um Taz. Yeah, Tasmanian Devil. And then yeah, what the heck? That was like so random and <laughs> so it like <laughs> You remember that time that I came home with a, a giant rooster? Yes. What was that? We were playing um bigger, better, or more. No, it was from bargain days. <laughs> I think, wasn't it? Or were we playing Bigger, Better, or More? Oh, no. We used it for Bigger, Better, or More. I think that's oh, how yeah. we got out of it, is someone <laughs> was playing that, and we're like, here's a giant rooster. <laughs> What's that rooster's name? He's a Looney Tune, but what yeah. is he? I don't, rooster I don't, from Looney Tune. I don't remember. Let's I remember not knowing who he was either, because I got him in fourth grade when we were learning about bargain days, and everybody had to bring something to bargain. <laughs> and somebody brought this giant, like, I don't know like is bigger than I was as a fourth grader brought it to school and then I took it home and my mom was like what is that foghorn leghorn (laughs) yeah whoever that is foghorn anyway yeah foghorn leghorn yep that had a giant roost stuffed the foghorn leghorn oh that was a time yeah that was like the most random thing, <laughs> but I loved playing bigger, better, or more. Oh, that in that neighborhood, fun. and I feel like I feel like the people we knocked on the door, almost everyone tried to participate. Yeah, like, we'd start with like a penny or a paperclip or something mm-hmm. like that, and then didn't we get a bike once? Like in the end, you know? I don't remember. I don't remember what we've gotten from that, but I remember liking to play it. Yeah, it used to be way fun. Yeah, and you get the most random things too. Like, I remember because we did it when we were like doing like church activities, and yeah. didn't we do it like boys versus girls? And like in the end, like after two hours or something, you'd see you see who got the yeah thing. And I, I swear, the guys didn't they end up with like one of those trophy fish that sing or whatever? Yes, <laughs> this is the most random thing. But we all yeah. started with like a penny or a paperclip, and I think it was a paperclip. I think they won. I think that's why I remember that. Because like, dang, yeah. they won with that? <laughs> I know, yeah. What the heck? And I think it's fun. It was fun to like see all the things you traded for and what people were willing to like give you. It was like from their DI pile. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, here's an old jacket. <laughs> yeah. So oh, funny. gosh. Those are the days. Yeah. Those were good times. Early 2000s. I, I sometimes like when I drive past that neighborhood, I'm like, oh, yeah there were some fun things we did in that neighborhood we were we were the coolest era of kids in that neighborhood guaranteed to this day i don't know what's going on there now but i can hands down say that we were the coolest bunch of kids we ruled that block i think they're all old people now yeah we are but no like people who live there now i think they're all older i don't think there's many kids there hmm but Probably true because a lot of people that were there when we were there were old yeah and like retiring and stuff yeah but <sighs> yeah we were definitely the coolest generation of kids in that neighborhood yeah we were the kids that played kick the can and like ghosts in the graveyard yeah in the circle yep anyway should we get our episode started oh yeah i guess we could do that okay. oh good times yeah those were good times um, but welcome everybody to episode 32. Oh, 30. Uh, I thought this was 33. This is 32. 
<laughs> I labeled our meeting 33, but I if it's 32, that's okay. I just, I'm stupid. Cool. Let me just double check because maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is 32. Yes. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got confused because I was planning my next story also. So 32 oh. and 33 kept running back and forth, but I couldn't remember which one we were on. Okay. Yeah. No, you're good. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Welcome to episode 32 of Haunting Cold. Welcome. I realized, April, we keep forgetting to introduce ourselves. Oh, I'm April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm Katie. <laughs> so, we are sisters, and we uh, are podcasting. <laughs> yeah, this is something that we've chosen to do. <laughs> and this is something that you're choosing to listen to. <laughs> yeah. So we're all choosing to be here. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same page. We're all on the same page. We're all consenting adults to this activity. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is weird. Well, anyway, so (laughs) I wanted to ask you though, how was your Halloween? It was good. It was. Yeah. I didn't end up having a Halloween party. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Everyone I I ghosted you. Not ghosted you. What's the word? You you flaked. You flaked flaked on me. Just kidding. You bailed um i bailed hard <laughs> pretty much everyone bailed actually <laughs> so oh. and so i was like okay cool so we kind of just had a family night which was totally like it was chill it was good yeah but I halloween pictures what i saw your pictures yeah. yeah yeah we just chilled and then for halloween we just went trick-or-treating i volunteered in the kids classrooms which wow my goodness those teachers do not get paid enough but really, how did that go? It was is it fun. as bad as it really sounds. Like, what grade did you volunteer for? I well, I went into Axel's classroom and then immediately ran into Levi's classroom. Okay, like so- a little bit after they had started their party, and then they did the parade mm-hmm. of the costumes after. And anyway, so um, it wasn't as bad. I have to say, volunteering in the classroom is way, way, way better than doing PTA things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good to know. As I someone who hasn't volunteered yet. <laughs> I volunteered for a PTA situation for Red Ribbon Week where all I was doing was making copies. It took me mm-hmm. six hours. Because I had to make a packet, like copy a packet for every single kid in the school. And oh, it took really? forever. And I'm sure the copier kept jamming or running out of ink or whatever. Um, It actually never jammed or anything. The only thing that would happen was, like, I would have to keep refilling the paper, obviously. And then, like, the teachers would randomly come in and be like, can I use this? I'm like, yeah, just give it a second. So, like, I kept getting interrupted because, like, teachers had to use the teacher facilities, you know. And so. Actually, can you go somewhere else? I'm I'm like, oh, sorry. I'm doing PTA stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is more important. <laughs> just kidding. But um no, it was actually it was fine. I just realized like not being like all the moms know each other, but I they're all mm-hmm. wards together. And oh, so it's like really <laughs> Yeah, they're like they have, you know, they're like whatever. I just don't know anybody. And so it feels really weird to like go and be like, hey, I am not Mormon here, but let me just sneak in here and, and i don't want to talk about it yeah and i'm like i don't 
And they're sitting there talking about like going to activities and doing this stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I can't relate. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just it's just weird. It was it was uncomfortable. But I think That's they hard. Got, yeah, I think it was I think it was okay. I don't know. I I helped. That's all I can say. But I don't know if I'll yeah. be volunteering anytime soon just because that was a very long day of copying papers and stapling packets together. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, you did you did more than what most parents do at all. Yeah. So, yeah, give yourself a pat on the back. Never again. Just kidding. <laughs> but you could just put like you know like yes, I'll volunteer for PTA, but like comments be like, but don't make me copy things. Yeah, but <laughs> don't put me with the copier. Yeah, keep me away from the copier. It was it was chill. It was just like I didn't <clears throat> expect to be there that long. Yeah. How's your Halloween? Oh, it was good. Um. The reason I didn't go to your party is because my freaking van went kaput. And let me tell you. What? Again. Well, just that's just why I. Yeah, again. So like I we went. So we took it to the mechanic and they fixed it after several hundred dollars. And but I was without my van for like two weeks or so. Yeah. And I got it like just days before Halloween. And, you know, I hadn't had a kid's costumes yet or anything. So I'm like, I have a lot to do this weekend. I can't come to your party. So yeah. Anyway, so my Halloween weekend was really stressful because I was just like panic assembling their costumes and like trying to make sure that was taken care of. But I got it all done, thankfully, the Sunday or the day before. Mm-hmm. And then we had a good we had a good um Halloween. Nobody really came and trick or treated at our house. Like I stayed home and like waited for kids to come by and like maybe two came by, but I, I was watching out the window and kids were like skipping our house. I'm like Did you not have lights on or anything? I had lights on and decorations and everything. And I even like opened the door and went and stood out on the porch with my like bucket of candy and like no one like they saw me and just kept walking and I'm like well, I'm not going to beg <laughs> or scroll this like, at you. <laughs> Candy! <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what we should do? We should just have, like, kids walk down, like, the street and we just throw candy at the sidewalk. <laughs> you know what my <laughs> neighbor was doing? They, they like, sat in the driveway and, oh, like, really? had... It was kind of, like, trunk-or-treating. Like, they were... Like, some were sitting in the back of their cars. Some oh. were, like, just on lawn chairs you know, mm-hmm. and they, they just sat in the lawn so that people didn't have to keep coming to their door. They just mm-hmm. like handed out candy as people walk past. And yeah. I was like, that's kind of smart. Cause it's like, like, you don't have to come up to my door, knock on the door, say trick or treat. Like everyone said trick or treat still, but mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. But maybe it's because people didn't want to walk all the way up to our door. <laughs> um, Cause you know, ours does yeah. have a little pathway to the door. So it's like, yeah. maybe that's, you I know, bet that's easy ones. Yeah, because like if you can't walk up the lawn to go to someone's door, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> right. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Well, maybe next year I'll just start throwing the can- <laughs> throwing the candy like through the bushes and be like, here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna trick or treat. I'll give you a trick. Yeah. Do that. That'll right. go over next great. Year. Next year, the house is throwing candy at people. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Or you just put them in like a Nerf gun and start shooting yeah. them at them. Just kidding. Yeah. That would be considered assault, probably. <laughs> or maybe, yeah, I'll just sit out on my driveway next year. You can make I like guess. a cute little 
like thing out of the back of your van or something like a little setup somehow or maybe like project like a movie like a halloween movie oh yeah there was um someone who did i think you did this once when we did trunk or treating or something made their van car trunk thing into like a monster mouth oh yeah i did that to the monster mouth and get yeah their candy one so that would be easy anyway well yeah anyway welcome to episode 32 and i hope everybody had a great halloween (laughs) yes but by this time it's almost (coughs) yeah my gosh are you i was gonna ask you too sorry i was gonna ask you too what's your favorite thing to like cook for thanksgiving i like my caramelized carrots Mm -hmm. i like making that better than anything else yeah Um, but my favorite thing to eat is mashed potatoes and deviled eggs do you ever feel like like throughout the year you make your mashed potatoes and you like taste it you're like I should be the one to make mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> do you ever do you ever feel like you deserve it? Yeah, <laughs> you deserve <sometimes>, that honor. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't need anybody's mashed potatoes but my own. Like oh. why who yeah. needs your Thanksgiving mashed potatoes? I'll bring my own Thanksgiving mashed potatoes. Because yeah. I feel like some people do like it differently. Some people like it more creamy. Mm-hmm. Some people like or it chunky. like more like chunky. Some people like it like super dry. Mm-hmm. I'm like throw the effing butter in there. Put yeah. garlic salt in there. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> make it super yeah. unhealthy. Especially, I especially don't like the mashed potatoes when it's just white. You know, yeah, that's so weird to me. I'm like, you didn't put any seasonings in this, like, yeah, nothing. <laughs> anyway, I'm I always I always stress over the mashed potatoes. Like, is the person doing it? Am I gonna be able to trust them to nail it? <laughs> right. So it's an important dish. Well, and no one makes enough. Yeah, that's true. Either they make enough or like too much, or they don't make enough. Right. But mm. it's pretty rare that someone makes too much mashed potatoes. Yeah. We should do like a mashed potato cook-off for Thanksgiving. Oh, that'd be, I'd be down for that. Yeah. You and make we could, like, sweet potato. Sweet potatoes. Or... When you don't light them on fire. <laughs> yeah. That's happened. <laughs> yeah. That's happened more than you'd like to admit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, like should every I tell other my time. story? Yes. Might as well get to it, right? Yeah. Okay. So I got a lot of information on this YouTube channel called, oh, shoot, what is, I have the link, but I didn't write down the name of of it. Oh, she did a really good job and gave me a lot of good information. It was like Dining with Death. Oh. The YouTube channel is called, and her name is Stacy. She gave a lot of really good information on this story, as well as Wikipedia, obviously, and Archives West. Anyways, are you ready for this story? Have you heard of Rulon Allred? No. Okay. This might get long. Okay. So bear with me. Yeah. Bear with me. Okay. Okay. On May 10th, 1977, in middle of the day, Dr. Rulon Allred was examining a patient in his clinic. 
when two women in obvious wigs and disguises walked into his clinic, didn't say a word to the receptionist, and they walked right past her and went room to room until they found Dr. Allred in an exam room, exam room, and they shot him and killed him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, they just casually walked out without saying a word, got in their car, and left. The receptionist called 911, and police arrived um, at the clinic, which was in Murray, Utah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, before we get into the investigation, I'm going to tell you about Rulon Allred. Okay? Okay. Yeah. He was born in Chihuahua, Mexico on March 29th, 1906. He wasn't of Spanish descent. He was Caucasian, but I'll tell you why he was in Chihuahua, Mexico. Okay. Um, his parents were Byron Harvey Allred Jr. and Marilyn Evelyn Clark. He was raised in a fundamentalist LDS family, which is also known as FLDS. Um, it's a break off of mainstream Mormonism. They basically, so they just continue to practice the plural marriage. For those who don't know, Katie and I know, but I'll just throw this in there. The FLDS continued practicing plural marriage um, or polygamy or bigamy, whichever one, they're all kind of mean the same. After the church stopped practice or the mainstream Mormonism stopped practicing in 19 or 1890, but it's been illegal in the U.S. since 1882. Okay, so let's see. Anyway, so Rulon was born into this family, not something you can really choose. <laughs> But yeah. because of polygamy being illegal, his father and the many families that he produced had moved around often, mostly through the West Coast in Canada. When Rulon was a teen, he left his father's way of life and joined mainstream LDS church. Mm -hmm. um, on June 9th, 1926, he married a woman named Catherine Lucy Handy in the Salt Lake City Temple and they moved to California, where Rulon became a medical professional. So, what he started practicing was uh, naturopathic uh, medicine. So, he'd, I'm sure you know what that is, but it's just natural remedies to promote healing, mm -hmm. like your body doing its own healing instead of using pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Um, and he was also practicing chiropractor. He was a practicing chiropractor. Mm -hmm. um, while Rulon was in living in California, he held many LDS church callings. And uh, if you don't know much about the LDS church, a calling is basically like an unpaid responsibility within your church group. So every like neighborhood basically, well, collections of neighborhoods are a ward, uh, whatever. It's hard to explain. There's Almost just every active adult in the mormon church will have some kind of calling Most, whether it yeah. be like the librarian or the nursery in the nursery with little yeah. babies mm -hmm. or, or like a primary teacher or a young women's leader and mm -hmm. there was like several leaders that and they would just rotate who has to teach that someday yeah so. he i think he held and some the men too yeah he held some like leadership roles and like the stake presidency and stuff mm -hmm. um and a stake is like a group of ward groups <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's like wards right. that are like a few neighborhoods that go to a church at a certain time yeah and then um the stake is like the group of wards in that area right yeah 
I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it makes sense to me only because I know, but if yeah. I don't know, I don't know if that made sense or not. I know. It's hard to explain when it's like, <laughs> if you don't know what Mormonism is, we just know it because we grew up in it, but... <laughs> uh yeah sorry if you want more explanation we can try yeah um right in yeah <laughs> let us know. yes that'd be a faster answer yeah but if you want to hear us struggle to explain it more let us know <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway so he was like active in his in his group church area okay Mm-hmm. In 1933, Rulon's father, Byron Allred, wrote a book defending the practice of polygamy called A Leaf in a Review. After this, Rulon would write, or sorry, Rulon wrote his father letters asking him to stop practicing polygamy. But instead, in that back and forth exchange between uh, Byron and Rulon, unfortunately, Byron was able to get his son Rulon to reconvert to his view of polygamy. And as you, as you can imagine, Catherine, Rulon's wife, was not stoked. She was not interested. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she's mainstream Mormonism and she's like, hell no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Are you crazy? Yeah. I just, I still can't understand why a man would want multiple wives. Well, I can understand why they would want multiple wives. I just can't understand why. I don't know. I'm just too jealous of a person, like I've said before. Like, I... I'm not good at sharing. I never mastered that as a kid. I didn't master it as an adult. No. I won't share. I can't. I can't share either. And you know what? Josh would lose his mind if he had more of me. I'm (laughs) freaking... I'm not high maintenance, but I'm freaking hard to handle sometimes. <laughs> so, like, there's no yeah. way he would want to deal with multiple. But I mean, some guys think it's great. I guess. I guess so. I mean, but can you imagine having like 50 kids? Like, how noisy would that be? You would never have a minute of silence ever. You'd just have to rip your ears out and say, sorry, kids. Like Josh's, Josh's uncle has nine children. And I'm like, he's like, I have to, he has a spreadsheet. (laughs) He only has nine. I mean, only, but if you think about polygamy, you know, he has a spreadsheet on his phone that tells him what kid has what birthday, how many days until that birthday, what age they're going to be. He has it so he doesn't have to remember. Still, like, really weird that, like, this guy has nine kids, but then, like, polygamous men have, like, 50 to 100 kids, and you're like, how do you know all their names? You couldn't possibly know them. Mm -mm. You couldn't even keep track like it'd be like it'd be like important here's a who remember the mayor (laughs) is like 200 kids (laughs) and like his only boy is like a little emo (laughs) yeah i love it jojo i think no not jojo is it jojo it is jojo is it okay yeah anyway story so Catherine wasn't stoked she was like kate i don't want to do that and so she after a few years of rulon trying to like get her on board they finally divorced in october 1935 she was Mm -hmm. like i'm not doing that and luckily from what i could tell they didn't have any children together so Mm -hmm. like it just didn't pan out Yeah, just ended there yeah i mean it's probably good they didn't have that complication yeah of having kids together you know because then you're tied to them forever forever in some way yeah shake them off right (laughs) But it wasn't until May 1940, 
five years later after his divorce that he was excommunicated by the mainstream LDS church because Mm. so people are excommunicated by the LDS church when the actions of a member go against the teachings of the church to a point it's not every sin you make or whatever it's like it has to be extreme enough that you are labeled as an apostate and (laughs) I wrote you too can be an apostate if, <laughs> if you openly disagree with the church leaders or reject Mormon doctrine, or oh. also known as the gospel. So I'm I should be excommunicated. Basically, yeah, I, yeah. Should we throw an excommunication party? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Katie! My next line that I was I was um tempted to not say i was like (laughs) party in outer darkness after the second coming (laughs) yes (laughs) sorry oh my gosh i should say listen (laughs) we grew up mormon and like our podcast at this point is focused in utah Mm -hmm. It, it is really hard to stay away from mormon topics because that's just the history that's how utah was founded most majority of the culture here yeah the people that live here are mostly Mormon or influenced um, by Mormonism. Yeah, it's just like you can't you can't get away from it. So if we offend you, I'm sorry. We do have opinions on it, which we try not to share too much, but it just is what it is. We grew mm-hmm. up LDS, so our experiences kind of influence our opinions and how we feel about certain things. But you're always welcome to <laughs> skip ahead. <laughs> Skip ahead if you need to, or, you know, like keep an open mind and know that we don't always have to have the same opinions and that's okay. And just like roll your eyes and move on. Yes. <laughs> like, like, and I'm just, I'm just, we both are very interested in keeping facts, facts, but we do put in our opinions every so often. So yeah. I'll try to be more careful about not being like offensive, but right. We- but those of you who are exmos, as, as we like to say, I yeah. guess. <laughs> um, there's a party in the outer darkness. So <laughs> see you there. You're invited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So after Rulon was excommunicated, he moved to Salt Lake City and joined the United Effort, which is a breakoff polygamist group. So there's a bunch of, you'll see a pattern, and I say this later, but like you can kind of notice a pattern in FLDS groups where they, like there's a, a main group and then there's a bunch of breakoffs, but mm. it's because it's because like one guy is like, you know what? I had a revelation that I'm the prophet, actually. <laughs> so, so, then, so that they make uh. their own group with their own family and have a bunch of wives and create their own. They literally like birth their own followers, basically. Wow. Uh, That's yeah. so just yucky. Ugh. Save them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Save the babies. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. They have no choice but be in Sorry the- if you're FLDS. Listen, I know a lot of FLDS people that, like, I don't know them personally, but I, like, follow a bunch on TikTok that just escape, like, the Warren Jeffs mm-hmm. thing, and they, you know- share a lot of their personal stories and like yeah i am sorry that you grew up in that (laughs) i'm sorry you were subjected to that kind of life because by the age of like eight years old they're being groomed to marry one of their uncles or something you know it's just it's awful like they don't even get a childhood no they don't they're they're taught how to be a wife from age eight and like 
it's just oh so gross anyways okay so rulon he he joined this united effort group and as he was in that group he climbed the ranks pretty quickly um he built congregations in mexico and california and he was working closely with a man called joseph musser and joseph musser was considered the prophet of a different lds ugh, flds group in short creek arizona called apostolic apostolic united brethren which is a breakoff group of the united order effort (laughs) oh boy yeah it just keeps going yeah just have a revelation (laughs) and you too can be a prophet (laughs) okay okay cool anyway uh or pretend you had a revelation obviously and then just so you can have power over people okay Mm -hmm. anywho anyway and in may of 1945 the state of utah convicted and incarcerated rulon for his practice of polygamy because it's illegal Mm -hmm. for many reasons um right it's illegal anyways so while he was in jail, he befriended some members of a different polygamous group who were there for the same reason, obviously, and that was the LeBaron group. The state prison released Rulon after seven months. They were just like, okay, whatever. And of course, he immediately went back to practicing polygamy. Like, it's so funny. They arrest these polygamists, and then, like, once they're released, they go back to doing exactly what they got arrested for. Yeah. And it's like, what's the point in releasing them? <laughs> Right. It's so but I stupid. guess, I mean, you can't imprison them for life just because they were a polygamist, you know? I know. Yeah. Like the sentence. You just do a catch and release their entire yeah, life. For, for real. <laughs> it, that's basically what it is. Right. So he went back to practicing polygamy, but he did run off to hide from the law for a little bit to kind of let them, I don't know, not care about him anymore i guess so he went to hang out with the lebaron polygamous ranch in mexico so the guys he met in prison that were a part of that group they're like hey if you come over to our group in mexico we're super rich and you'll get money so he went there and yeah they didn't have any money so he's like oh Ah. i gotta i gotta be done with this this group then so um instead he went to back to his group with Joseph Musser in Arizona. Okay. Okay. So this is getting long, but there's a lot of background that's like important. So if you're you yeah. get lost, just go back and like listen again. Okay. Um I will. <laughs> not you. So just ask me questions if you get confused. Got so it. basically this guy Rulon is like changing groups. Okay. And like just jumping around. He's trying big- to fit in somewhere. And avoid the law. But in 1954, his friend Joseph Musser died. And Rulon assumed leadership of his group. Oh, he became a prophet or? Yeah. Well, I think he just just like wiggled his way in there and was like, oh, "Oh, Joseph would want me to be here. So that's what it is. So in Rulon Allred's life as a polygamous leader he eventually had a total of seven wives and 48 children holy moly yeah and a seven quarter- wives and 48 children <laughs> 48 yes yeah. 48 48 yeah that's at least seven children per wife at least yeah huh yeah Ew. not my not my scene think yeah. about how i mean think about how never mind don't think don't think about it <laughs> <laughs> oh I know what you're 
thinking, I think, because <laughs> I think the same thing. Because it's like, you know, your chances of getting pregnant or what, and it's like for them to get pregnant. And it's like, so they'd have to do it that many times. With a guy who's also doing it with six other women. Yeah. According to his 28th daughter, <laughs> Dorothy, Dorothy Allred Solomon, she wrote a biography um, and at, she said after his original seven wives, he was pressured by his group to be sealed to widows and other women who wanted to be sealed to their profit. Like they're like, that would be so special if I was mm. sealed to you. Um, so all in all, he ended up having 16 wives in total, but only had families with seven of them. I see. Yeah. Really weird. Anyways. Um, so Rulon led an argue- arguably liberal community. So, um, he encouraged his followers to go out in the world and make money and just bring it back to the community. Um, mm-hmm. Where other FLDS groups like Warren Jeffs and Ervil LeBaron, they kept their followers on the compound and they were like, so basically there's other FLDS groups who were way more strict with their followers. They had to stay on the compound. They couldn't fraternize with people outside of their group. Mm-hmm. Um, Very and, isolated. Well, and not even like within their group, like boys and girls could not talk to each other. Oh really? Like, yeah. And wow. um, I I I don't really talk about it, but um, it makes me kind of sad. But the boys in so the girls are basically groomed to become wives, right? Mm-hmm. But they're wives for the older men in the leadership, not wives for the boys that they're growing up with. Mm. So these boys basically grow up being free laborers in the community but when they become of age they basically are kicked out and Mm -hmm. told to go live in the world and figure it out so um so no education probably they have no education they can't read or write they all they can do is basically do labor work and often they're sent out um like flds groups are um, we noticed them in in southern utah and like saint george area yeah. And the, what was that YouTube channel I was talking about? What was her name? Stacy with, ah, Dining. What is that called? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Dining with the Dead or something. Dining with Death. Yeah, something like that. Sorry, I wish I, <coughs> I just want to get it right because she was talking about, oh, Dining, yeah, Dining with Death. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I was right. But, mm-hmm. um. So Stacy with Dining with Death, um, she lives in St. George and she talks about these boys that are kicked out of these polygamous groups because they don't want them marrying the women because they're competition. That's probably so sad because they probably build, I mean, you were saying like the boys sometimes don't get to talk to the girls, but if they do, yeah. I mean, just think about the kids you grew up with, you know, yeah. like you build relationships with them. Mm-hmm. only to know that you will never build onto that relationship with them you know right like that will yeah. never yeah. happen so these, these boys that are kicked out of the polygamous groups they basically you know they they are called the lost boys in saint george according to stacy mm. she says like you see these boys that like have no education and can't hold a job because they don't know how to be around people who aren't their basically brothers and cousins Mm -hmm. and so 
you know, they, a lot of them end up in trouble with the law because they steal because that's all they know. Like, they don't know what else to do. And, like, mm-hmm. they're just basically little orphans <laughs> that are, yeah. they, I mean, they've, they've been shunned by their community. They don't have the skills to survive in our community or, like, our world, you know? Right. So, it's just really that's sad. That. It's just very, very sad. Sorry, I lost my place. What was I talking about? Beep, beep. Okay, so, but Rulon let his his families and the kids and everybody kind of go and live normally, um, mm-hmm. but they they did come home to the community where they pooled their money for the community, okay? I see. He also differed from other FLDS leaders um, because he had, he never had additional revelations. Um, so, FLDS groups... They differ from mainstream Mormonism because they continued the teachings in the Book of Mormon that talk about polygamy. But Mm -hmm. like I said before, mainstream Mormonism uh, changed their mind (laughs) about Mormon or uh, about polygamy back into 1880, 1890. Sorry, but FLDS kept on that path, saying that they follow Joseph Smith's teachings, who's Mm -hmm. the founder of the Mormon church. And so when these other prophets uh, start or start start their polygamous groups, they have revelations, right? Right. Some have revelations that they're actually the prophet, but like ones that are established, ones that are established like prophets, they've already gained a following and all this stuff they have these revelations to gain control of their community. Oh, I had a revelation mm. that, you know, girls can't can't talk to the boys or I have a revelation that you need to give me your land or whatever it is, like Ugh. yeah, just to gain control of their community. With uh Rulon Allred, he never had any revelations. He didn't add to the teachings. He just strictly kept to this one path. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's a little different how he differed from the the groups, which um he has a grandson, I believe, who became I forgot his name. I feel bad, but he was like the first deaf pro basketball player or something oh. to to I don't I don't remember I didn't put it down, but anyway, so he was like doing an interview with the news out- outlets and he was like, you know. He was really respectful and didn't like, I don't know, he just wasn't a bad guy, but yeah. he just followed this path that mm-hmm. whatever. But I mean, sorry, polygamy is not a good thing, <laughs> but <laughs> no, we, no, we have had good intentions, but just, I mean, it wasn't, it's not, it's not right. Polygamy yeah. is not right. And I can say that it's my opinion, but it's also a fact. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing good at not. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we all have the same opinion, though, about polygamy. Okay, you know what? Whatever. Okay. Good. I I agree with you, at least. Okay. As long as you and I are on the same page. Yeah, I'm in your corner. Don't worry. Okay, cool. I mean, I just... I I, Whatever. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm trying not to say more because I'm like biting my tongue and I'm like stop. I, there's so many things I can say but just shouldn't but should I no yeah. I shouldn't. that's what like the battle in my head right now like should I continue making people mad <laughs> or should I should I just struggle to stop well talking? the hard thing is is like we can't read the room you know <laughs> because the room is two weeks later yeah right so we just talk and talk and talk and then we don't know how people feel until we get text messages and they're like later hey i didn't like that and i'm like oh shit like i don't know what to say i didn't see the expression on your face when i said it so (laughs) i couldn't tell i didn't know i was offending you three months later which is when some people are listening to this. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm talking too much still. <laughs> no, you're good. Okay. Okay. Move on. Take a sip. Take a breather. Reset. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it just gets so much worse. And I just, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, we're like an hour into this story. And I just feel like you're going to be like, this is too much. Okay. No, no, you're yeah. good. Now let's like go 30 minutes into the story. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We started, you started your story at like 7.30. Oh, okay. I'm we had a lot of banter. Good. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. good then. Okay. You're good. Okay. You're fine. So let's go back to the murder investigation. I gave you the history of Rulon, basically. Yeah, so I want to know who and why would, who wants to kill him? And why are they wearing wigs? I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. But that's also probably 30 minutes later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bad time. So, okay, back to the murder investigation. Um, Police start to investigate and search for a suspect. They realize that there could be thousands of possible suspects at this point, right? Because he's he's a polygamist leader. He has like 48 kids. He has 48 kids who could be pissed at him because he has 48 kids and they don't give him attention. It could be 48 (laughs) in-laws. Yeah. And then he has seven wives who could be jealous that he has six other wives. And then he could also have like other men in the group followers that want to be profit. Like there could be so many people. And just people Um, that are just against polygamy in general. Yeah. They're just like, you're a freaking weirdo. Goodbye. Good day to you. And <laughs> yeah, that's good life to you. <laughs> yeah. So members of Rulon's group immediately contact authorities and they're like, hey, we've been getting death threats and intimidating, threatening pamphlets from other from another polygamous group. Um, yeah. So these pamphlets were usually left on Rulon's car, like in his window and like in other people's windows. And mm-hmm what it would what they were saying was you need to repent or be destroyed oh yeah and like spiritually physically (laughs) emotionally (laughs) all of the above (laughs) yeah Um, so the group that was handled handing out these threats were a part of the polygamous group led by none other than ervil lebaron that was okay. LeBaron was the group that was in Mexico, remember, that were like, hey, you yeah. can be rich here. Yeah. And he was that, a phony. That group was trying to kill him or threaten him. Okay. Threaten so, to destroy him. And his followers. <laughs> That's like, such a, like <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> it's such a like Dwight Schrute word. <laughs> I will destroy you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> You're like. See you in the parking lot, Dwight. Calm down. <laughs> okay. 
So let's yep. talk about Ervil for a second. Okay. We want to see why the hell this guy wants Rulon dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So take a deep breath and then keep breathing because it's going to be a very long story. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So Ervil's father, Alma, was the leader of a polygamous sect called a, a sorry, Colonial LeBaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Colonial LeBaron in the 1950s, located in northern Mexico. Mm-hmm. So they they were located in Mexico because they were kind of hiding from U.S. law, right? Right. But they also spent a lot of time in southern Utah for business and whatnot. When Alma they died, skipped Arizona. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we don't need that. But when Alma died, his son Joel LeBaron, which is Herbal's brother, became the new leader. Um, and Herbal was just the right hand man, but it wasn't too long before they started fighting and kind of like a power battle going on and there was just a bunch of tension Ervil didn't believe they should hide how wealthy they were and joel disagreed joel was more modest he drove a beat-up pickup truck and like you know didn't use he didn't use the community money selfishly Mm -hmm. and Ervil decided otherwise he started buying fancy clothes the newest and best of everything because they had the money right um so they eventually had a falling out and like we've seen before you know with all the break-off groups of polygamy Ervil started to get revelations of his own oh, that, timing. He, that he was <laughs> a prophet what are the chances? <laughs> um, so they have this fight and Ervil packs up his family and a few of his followers are f- basically friends that are like, yeah, you- we're running away because I think he's going to be a prophet. <laughs> yeah. And so they mo- run away and they start their own group in San Diego, California called the firstborn of the Lamb of God. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, okay. So Ervil thinks he's hot shit. So he's like, um, everyone that stayed with Joel, my brother, needs to come and join me because I'm the prophet, not him. And so he sends them pamphlets. He loves pamphlets. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. He's folding all the pamphlets. Oh, that's a lot of work. Probably <laughs> it's a PTA all, job. <laughs> yeah, all the wives and all the children are folding <laughs> pamphlets for days. Um, right. <laughs> so oh. he sends these pamphlets and basically with the same message to repent or be destroyed right um and they're just like okay Ervil, let's relax we <laughs> think you're a joke and so yeah. he, he's pissed off and that so this rivalries created between the two brothers and their groups right and they mm-hmm. call themselves the joelites and the Ervilites. oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the nephites and the lamanites yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you stupid idiots! No, they think Stop they're so what you're special. doing. It's not cute. I know. This is not. This I bet sounds they like it sounds like they're. It sounds like an extreme form of like LARPing. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh. They're being very silly. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. So the Joelites, costumes. And, yeah, they need jerseys and they're like, you know, mm. <laughs> yeah. anyways, so the Joelites and the Ervlites basically are at war with each other. At this point, Ervil has decided that Joel must die for his sins and he preaches to his group that he is too far gone and needs to be executed for his sins in accordance with the doctrine of the blood atonement. 
Okay. Let me teach you a little bit about what the blood atonement is. I will do a completely different story on this, but it's just a sneak peek. Okay. Pause. Sorry, this has nothing to do with your story, but like, hold still. Okay. You see on your right shoulder, your hoodie. Yeah. How like it makes a straight line. Uh Uh-huh. It goes straight up with the crease of the wall. (laughs) It keeps like, it keeps, yeah. Do you see that? Go over the other way. Yeah, right there. Oh my gosh. It's a perfect line. It keeps like catching my eye. I'm like like the same color. Yeah. I'm a part of the wall. That's so funny. Yeah. So like, anyway. There. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) My eyes kept like seeing that. I'm like, should I point that out? (laughs) (laughs) They're all just like sit in middle. So it's like not even a possibility. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the blood atonement, I'm going to talk about just for a a little snippet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, What it is, is a doctrine mentioned in the Book of Mormon. Um, Mm -hmm. The Book of Mormon is what Mormons believe to be another testament, sorry, testament of Jesus Christ in addition to the Bible. So it's just like Mm -hmm. an addition to that. Yeah, that's a whole thing. But (laughs) anyway, so the blood atonement is where the atonement of Jesus does not redeem an eternal sin. It does all the other all the other sins, but not Mm -hmm. eternal sins. Um, to atone for an eternal sin, the sinner should be killed in a way that allows his blood to be shed upon the ground as a sacrificial offering. So he does not become mm-hmm. become a son of perdition. That sounds like some Illuminati shit. Right? Yeah. Like the <laughs> like, did you see that Do- was a Doja Cat? I think had an Illuminati birthday party. Really? Yeah weird it's like freaky deaky weird stuff look it up people i should that's weird and part of me like my first gut feeling was like you know they probably did it for satire like it was probably just like because people just to get people to talk about it you know to be relevant yeah part of me is like what if they're just not doing shit anymore you know like what if they just don't care to hide it so I know it's it crazy. the Illuminati freaks me the hell out and I really hope you do a story on it. Yes. Because I think it would be intense. Okay. Oh, I will. Definitely for so, an on mega death. Right? Okay. Yeah. So basically what what it means in normal words <laughs> is like <laughs> it, a certain sin could mm-hmm. be a death sentence because it's too big for Jesus what Jesus atoned for. It didn't cover that. So you have to shed your blood to atone for it because Jesus' yeah. blood didn't atone for this certain sin. Okay. So, and to become a son of perdition basically is just a soul who goes to outer darkness or hell. So outer mm-hmm. darkness is just the Mormon word for hell, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um. So mainstream Mormonism has denied the validity of the blood atonement doctrine. They basically said, oh, it's just theoretical principle, but it's in the Book of Mormon. And yeah. Brigham Young in his first presidency uh, believed sins including apostasy, theft, fornication, or adultery were worthy of blood atonement punishments. The first one you said was apostasy? Uh-huh. So that's like what we do, right? That's, that's what we were talking about. It's basically, yeah. <laughs> it's basically if we lived in Brigham Young's time, we would it would be worth killing us because we Dang. have denied the Mormon gospel. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're bad to the bone. I know. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm bad to the bone. Okay. But that's a story for another day. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And people who don't want to hear it are going to have to skip it. <laughs> but, okay. okay. Anyway, I'll talk about that another episode. Anyways. Okay. Okay. So Herbal mm. is using this blood atonement doctrine to put a hit out on his brother, Joel. Okay. Yeah. Because it, it just fits, like like we've said in the past, it just fits for what they're needing, you know? Yeah. They like, just hey, change the rules for whatever they need. Yeah, conveniently, yeah. Uh, we have this thing called the Blunt Atonement in the Book of Mormon, and it means I can do it if I <laughs> see fit. <laughs> so, so, August stupid. 1972, a group of Ervil's followers asked to meet with Joel, and because they used to be Joel's followers, and they were like meeting together to be like hey we want to talk to you and joel's probably thinking oh you probably are worried about being an ervil's group and you want to come back to my group so i'll meet with these guys right so Mm -hmm. he walks into this house and it's just an empty abandoned house and he's like oh shit this is not this is bad news like yeah sums up so he turns around to leave and they grab him beat him and like a group of men just beat him senseless And um, one of them shoots him and Joel dies. Oh, my gosh. So the murder of Joel LeBaron actually gets traced back to Ervil and he's arrested and charged with the murder of his brother. But due to a technicality during the trial, he ends up being sent free and was never sentenced for it. What was it because he wasn't the actual person to do it or something? There's there's nothing that says why he got sent free um they think that maybe he bribed because he did have money at the time that he bribed the either the jury or the judge oh yeah but there's no there's i don't know why yeah there's yeah okay so joel and ervil's youngest brother verlin he took okay sorry so joel and ervil are brothers right right they have a younger brother youngest brother named Verlin and he ended up taking leadership of Joel's group mm-hmm. because okay. he was basically the next in line yeah uh, he's the next heir of this thing and so Erbil's like okay well now you must die because you are now a leader of a group that I want to be the leader of oh. so oh my gosh this guy just like can't stop killing people December, Especially his own family, geez. <laughs> right. December 26, 1974, Ervil rounds up his troops, gives a speech about how evil Verlin is and that he needs to die, and they got into their pickup trucks headed from San Diego to Los Molinos in Mexico, where Joel, the Joel and Verlin group was living at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they drove through the community throwing Molotov cocktails into the huts where the families were living. Uh-oh. Do you know what Molotov cocktails are? I only know that because of the whole Russian-Ukraine war. Okay, well, I'll just say for the people who don't know. Please, pretty much everyone knew but me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when I saw a picture of it, I knew what it was, but I didn't know the, the term. Anyways. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they're glass bottles filled with something flammable, flammable like gasoline or something, mm-hmm. and they use a rag for the fuse, and then they light the rag on fire, throw it, and it's a, it's a firebomb. Anyways, a DIY firebomb. Yeah. So they basically threw were throwing these into huts. Like the families live are living in huts. They're not living in houses or like anything nice. They are in Mm -hmm. the 
and poverty like bad yeah um so not only were they throwing these freaking firebombs but they were also firing guns randomly into the huts um the trucks full of Herbal's followers drove off and left behind two dead and over a dozen wounded from the attack. I don't know how more oh. didn't die. But the target, Verlin, was unharmed. Gosh. That's so, so sad. Yeah. And Herbal's followers didn't stop trying to kill Verlin for roughly 10 years. 10 years. They kept going at this guy and were never successful in killing him. And Herbal, aside from his own brother... He tried to kill many people. He didn't approve of anyone opposing his his views. And those who did would disappear. I have five more minutes before this meeting ends. Okay. Okay. Um, but those who did would disappear or be found dead. Mostly men that felt betrayed by him or that that he felt had betrayed him and mm-hmm. refused to confirm he was the one mighty and strong prophet. Oh my god. Roll your eyes. I don't like this guy. He just doesn't he just sound like he could be the mascot for every just he's just the biggest narcissist. Yeah. Like right. He just makes everyone like crinkle their nose and look at him like you're freaking stupid. (laughs) But you think you're (laughs) hot shit. Like what the freak? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Uh. But anyway. Like, literally, who died and made you king? You know? <laughs> His dad, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then it's he's just... like, my brother should not be <clears throat> this person. It should be me. And just decided he was and then killed everyone who said he wasn't. It's freaking nonsense. Okay. Yeah. So, he didn't stop at his henchmen being killed, like, the guys who, like betrayed him or whatever he went as far as to have his own pregnant daughter murdered whoa yes like he's nonsense he is absolutely crazy yeah he had his wives killed like random wives killed so he never did it himself he just sent people to go do it he sent people to do it so he was like a serial killer almost but with henchmen yes yeah exactly (laughs) nuts yeah so he had his pregnant daughter killed and her no- body had never been found. Like mm-hmm. whatever happened to her, I make breaks my heart. He had mm-hmm. some of his wives killed, he had mother-in-laws killed, followers and rival leaders. Gosh. And his hitmen were were not only like some men that were following him, but he actually used a lot of his wives to do his dirty work wow yeah and like they probably felt like they didn't have any choice you know yeah because if because you know like you were saying because if you if you go against what he says Mm -hmm. then you are also a target right yes so yeah i feel like i'm sure all these people were literally against their will yeah yeah like they were like okay roped into it i think they've were scared of him because he was so willing to kill everybody and so it's like yeah Yeah, it's like okay well i guess i have no choice so around 1975 herbal sends a group of basically missionary spies so they're there and he sends them to salt lake city to scope out rulon all red and to threaten him and leave the pamphlets okay aside Mm -hmm. from that their goal was to convert all of all red's followers to go to his group okay Okay. After months of harassing the All Red group that ignored his scary pamphlets, uh, Erville decided it was time for uh, Rulon All Red to die. Ugh. 
but of course he wasn't going to do it himself. He ordered his 17-year-old wife. 17 years old. Uh-huh. He, she was his 13th wife. Um, her name was Rena Shinoweth. Shinoweth. And his stepdaughter, Ramona Marston, to commit this murder for him. By and the how way, old was his stepdaughter? Do you know? I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. I was just like struck by the 17 years old. Yeah. Um, so Rena, the 17 year old, she was born into this polygamous cult, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was groomed early to marry Erval, and she married him when she was 16 years old and he was 42. Oh, gosh. Isn't that disgusting? Uh, yeah, that's just so sad. It's just you like know? these girls have no chance. Yeah. Like and they, what? they don't know any better because like that's what they know. That's yeah, exactly. And who knows, like, if, like, you you don't know, like, if they're being, like, if there's domestic violence, you know? Oh, and- oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. There's a whole <laughs> lot of nonsense in here. Um, Boy. So, okay, after the women walk into the clinic, right, it's Rena and Ramona. They mm. walk into the clinic, they shoot Rulon Allred to death, and they walk out. Then they dump their disguises into a dumpster. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily two people were walking in a neighborhood and they just happened to look into this dumpster. They found a bag with wigs and a box that had like a, it contained a gun that had been purchased. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the dumpster divers remembered the story on the news that included these murders and wigs and disguises. And they reached out to authorities. See, dumpster diving is helping solve crimes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Do it for that <laughs> and also right. for pizza <laughs> just and mattresses <laughs> yeah and mattresses oh my gosh i forgot i told everybody about that um okay <laughs> i'm disgusting <laughs> i'm dirty <laughs> i am so sad okay <laughs> okay do do okay so the investigators get to the dumpster and see on the box, um, the gun box that included the serial number, and they were able to use a database that included gun serial numbers. And just two days later, they found the dealer that sold this specific gun, mm-hmm. um, and they were located in Denver, Colorado. The okay. dealer confirmed a woman's a woman purchased the gun, and her name was Nancy Shinoleth. Shinoleth. Oh my gosh, that okay. last name is difficult. They looked into Nancy, and she was one of Irvin's followers. But it was impossible for her to be the murderer because she had a solid alibi. She was at a local activity for one of her children, or mm. school activity for one of her children. They okay. questioned her anyway, and Nancy admitted that she gave the gun to her sister, Rena Shinoleth. Oh my gosh, I can't say it. So now police are looking for Rena. She's on the run, and police are pretty convinced that Erbil was behind the murder, but they need to find Rena and Ramona first because they need the whole story, right? Right, right. Um, but at this point, Erbil's first wife, Delphina, who is basically okay, <sighs> Delphina, I 
my heart breaks for her. She's a Mexican woman, and she's mm-hmm. basically been a slave to Ervil. He, she was his first wife of this polygamous situation, mm-hmm. and she finally finds the courage to get out of the situation she's been in for so many years. Okay. Yeah. She and her children have basically been forced to work at Ervil's appliance repair business for years. Uh, no money. The only thing that they get in return is a place to live. Okay. Um, Delfina contacted the authorities to say she's willing to talk to them about Ervil's crimes as long as they protect her and her children. Authorities were able to get Delfina and her kids out of there and back to Salt Lake City. She immediately starts telling police about the dire conditions at the compound in Mexico. Mm-hmm. They have no more money in the family. And basically, Rulon does nothing. He doesn't work. He doesn't do anything. He leaves it to the wives and kids to run any business he's ever had. He doesn't yeah. do anything. He's a freeloader. He's just created all these worker bees, basically. Right. Um, the women are for- forced to walk around nude. The children are being neglected. And there are rumors of bestiality on the compound. Oh, no. Yeah. Not to mention, everyone on that compound is terrified of Erval, right? Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it's awful. All of it is horrible. Everything you just said is like the worst, <sighs> right? Um, Delfina also tells police that Rulon Allred wasn't really the main target of mm. of that whole plan. Sorry, mm. hold on. I had to burp. (laughs) The reason that they killed Rulon was because they were trying to draw out his younger brother, Verlin, that Ervil has been trying to kill for a decade at this point, right? Okay. So the idea was that if Rulon had a funeral, that Verlin would show up and to support the Allred group. And at that point, it would give Ervil the opportunity to murder murder Verlin finally. He was bait. Yes. Wow. So, Delfina said she had a first-hand account of the order Ervil made to kill Rulon for that exact reason, and that was enough for authorities to arrest him. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't find him. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Ervil went into hiding, so they were unable to find him for quite some time. But they did finally find Rena and Ramona. Um, they were arrested and tried for the murder of Rulon Allred. Okay. At her trial, Rena was eight months pregnant with Ervil's baby. After two weeks of testimony, she was acquitted of her charges. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, Let's see. (laughs) The jury believed that she was brainwashed. Yeah. And and none of the witnesses could positively identify her. Even though she was wearing a disguise, they still needed some kind of something to put her in the in that place right mm-hmm. oh whatever but prosecutors were kind of shocked they're like uh we have enough evidence but the jury collectively decided to be like no you're good to go and it's just weird well, it, it's hard i mean man i feel like that is such a debatable thing you yeah. know two weeks but i i i do see that. if i was in that jury i do see how they can come to, to that conclusion because just thinking about those living situations, you know, and yeah. he, if he tells you, you know, if you disobey, you will be my next target. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, so that that alone, I feel like is enough to give them a lighter sentence or have it be whatever 
you know, but lighter than. Also, she's 17 and pregnant. Yeah. And she grew up in this. Like, she right. had no chance. Underage. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I can see why they came to that also. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I could see it. So Rena went on to become become an author. Um, oh, she wow. wrote a book called The Blood Covenant um, mm-hmm. about her experience with the LeBaron group. Um, she became an anti-polygamy activist and has moved on with her life and has remarried. Wow. So she's doing good. Um, and she had the baby and did she end up keeping the baby? There was, I didn't dig into her a oh. whole lot just because the story is so long but but <laughs> yeah. I did I do want to read her book because I'm yeah. very curious because it's a first-hand account and she does admit to what she did in the book mm-hmm. right so, she's like I'm not hiding anything so yeah oh here you go right Dang. so um that sounds like a good read yeah so that's uh the blood covenant by Rena Shenoweth okay yeah. Um, prosecutors believe it's possible that the jury was worried about retaliation from Herbal if they um, found her guilty. So that was also yeah. a possibility. But in 1992, in a civil lawsuit, Rena actually ended up having to pay the Allred family $52 million for the wrongful death of Rulon. Wow. So she didn't have jail time, but she did end up having to pay the family. That's crazy. Ramona, on the other hand, the other woman in this uh, situation, she just basically peaced out before her trial and was never to be found again. She fled the country and no one knows what happened to her. Interesting. She just. And what do we know about her? She's just. She was the stepdaughter of of, uh, LeBaron. Huh. And just peace. She later did. Bye. (laughs) Okay. So. Um, I you could just do that, but okay. Well, I mean, she just, I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, their their main focus is really Rulon. Yeah. Or not Rulon, Herbal. Herbal. Freaking weird names, though. <laughs> anyway, so she's gone. Uh, okay. June 1st, 1979, authorities finally find Herbal hiding in Mexico. The Mexican authorities walked him to the border and handed him to the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, he was tried and convicted for the murder of Rulon Allred and sentenced to life in prison at the Utah State Prison in Draper, Utah. Uh, LeBaron was eventually convicted in association with several other murders, including that of his daughter, Rebecca, the pregnant one. Wow. Yeah. Do you know how many, like, what his head count was? I don't know how many he was actually charged with. I don't. I think I read it, but I don't remember. But it was. It was. I okay. The numbers I remember is close to two dozen. Wow. Yeah. So serial killer, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. Within a year, Herbal LeBaron was found dead in his cell, and then literally two days after he died, his brother Verlin LeBaron died in a car accident. Wow. The one he's been trying to kill for, ever. Yeah, it's like the irony. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, okay, anyway. Um, Like, you know, they say that God just has a sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you know what? I'm sick of this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, his time wasn't yet, but now is his time. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, no one gets to decide but me. (laughs) Anyways, what's interesting is the war between the Herbalites and the Joelites continues to this day. (laughs) Sorry. I can't take you seriously when you say that. <laughs> they they still 
threaten each other. They still like try to kill each other. It's not bloods in the crypts. <laughs> yeah, they're gangs. They're <laughs> gangs of the freaking polygamous groups. Um, Got it. Understood. Yeah, I wonder if they have hand signs. <laughs> I was just wondering. I was just thinking what their bandana color might be. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when bandanas were not allowed in school because it was gang? I remember yeah. when we grew up on Dixie Drive. Like I remember being told that I couldn't have a blue bandana. Same. Yeah. Like I remember I, being told like you cannot have that, and I'm like, or a red one. Yeah. Yeah. We could not, and we're like, but okay i know didn't get it until i was older and i'm like oh okay yeah <laughs> i mean i was like five you know so it's yeah. like yeah. what are they gonna do <laughs> like ooh, there's she yeah. a five-year-old because they're wearing the wrong color bandana right. oh stupid freaking gangs, gangs. <laughs> don't come at us <laughs> we don't understand bandanas are stupid <laughs> yeah just do something cooler <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> anything else. <laughs> like how you have to have a certain hat patch or something. Like yeah. make it harder to get. <laughs> right. Yeah, merch. Literally get. <laughs> Just get merch because it's right. way more special. <laughs> <laughs> way more personalized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, why okay. are we like this? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, okay, I'm almost done. Um, for more information on first and second hand accounts of these stories, you can read the following books. Uh, the Blood Covenant I just uh suggested was Rena Shenoweth, and then um Dorothy Allred Solomon, which is the 28th child of Rulon Allred. <laughs> she, oh my gosh! Oh yeah, wrote that's right. Quite a bit of books. She wrote one called In My Father's House. She wrote one called Predators, Prey, and Other Kinfolk Growing Up in Polygamy. And then another one called Daughter of the Saints Growing Up in Polygamy. And then she also wrote The Sisterhood Inside the Lives of Mormon Women. Mm -hmm. um, a woman named Irene Spencer. She was the wife of Verlin and the niece of Rulon Allred. So they had family in common. Okay. She wrote a book called Shattered Dreams, My Life as a Polygamous Wife. Wow. Um, we should yeah. shout those out on Instagram. Yeah. Also, oh. fun fact, do you watch Sister Wives? I don't. But no. that show, there's a woman named Christine Brown. She's the granddaughter of Rulon Allred. Wow. Yeah. But I don't watch that show. So, <laughs> so drama runs in the family. <laughs> drama runs in... <clears throat> literally every family you know that's true spirit of thanksgiving just be glad that's not your family. <laughs> yeah way to tie it into the holidays april yeah. way to tie it just in like sitting around the thanksgiving table just say i'm grateful that we don't have a feud with our uncles and right. i am grateful that we nobody has any henchmen we don't have henchmen <laughs> we also don't believe in the blood atonement mm -hmm. uh we also hate each other in a normal amount <laughs> <laughs> right in a safe amount <laughs> yeah. everyone feels at least safe <laughs> yeah mostly <laughs> right for the most part <laughs> my feelings aren't safe <laughs> right but other than that i think we're good okay that's my wow. story i'm sorry Good if it was confusing story. 
No, I followed all the way through. I wasn't confused even once. Josh, Ooh. go away. Hashwa? He just mooned me. <laughs> hey, do it again. I'll take a picture for the gram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything can go on Instagram these days, I swear. Yeah, just a little peek of the crack. Oh, I don't want you to spread it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. I've never that seen would be a hole, and I will never see it. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> I don't I think can't. I've seen bitches either, though, to be fair. so Yeah, I'm just not interested. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I assume they all look the same. And if they don't, I don't want to find out. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> then I'll be like, what does mine look like? And is it weird? Right. <laughs> is it supposed to be that color? <laughs> okay. Let me find my notes. Was that confusing? No, not at all. Okay. I was just like worried about all the names being freaking weird and not being able to keep them straight. I did a couple of times get confused between... All the LeBarons. Not the LeBarons. The the guy that was murdered and the guy that sent him to be murdered. Oh, Herbal and Rulon. And Rulon. Yeah, their names in my head kept getting mixed up. But oh, I got I it in the end. Could have also said them interchangeably <laughs> and not noticed. Well, I know what you meant and not what you said. <laughs> okay. Well, let's hope someone else... Uh, no one says anything. Yeah. <laughs> well... I think that was really good. Good storytelling. I Like I was telling you before, I thought the blood atonement meant uh, like just where you like, like a cut hand your hand. Or, yeah, like where you cut your hand and like, like, like in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what I thought that was. <laughs> they literally <laughs> killed people for their sins. That's nuts. It's like you went to your bishop and you're like, I messed up. I did something with a boy. And they're like, well, you gotta die. Yeah. <laughs> like. like <laughs> That's nuts. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you ready for my story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I gotta get closer because I'm blind. So my story this time is in the paranormal realm, but this time there's no ghosts. Okay. And I decided to give you all a little break from the ghosts just because we just got over Halloween. It's just taking a deep breath of fresh air <laughs> and talk about... Uh, well, we're going to head down to southern Utah and talk about the curse of the Escalante Petrified Forest. Hmm. Okay. Have you heard? No. Okay. Well, the Escal- Escalante Petrified Forest is known for its, you guessed it, petrified wood. No. Because over the last, yeah, over the last- What was it scared of? <laughs> nothing, you stupid. <laughs> petrified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I was thinking petrified, like, in Harry Potter, you know, when they freeze. Yeah, I mean, that's this. I was petrified. <laughs> I was petrified. <laughs> like you, right. like you're, you're, you're scared stiff. Oh, that's what that means? Yeah. And See, then- I thought in Harry Potter it meant, like, actual petrified. Like, they got fossilized. That's why they're stiff. Maybe we're mm-hmm. saying the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> No, I know what you're saying. So you're talking petrified, like, oh my gosh, I was petrified when that happened, you know? That yeah, means, but like, that's a play on, like, petrified wood that it's scared, like, it's stiff. Oh, so it's like, I froze when that yeah. happened. Oh, look at us, digging deep. <laughs> Over the last 150 million years, the forest trees that were in that area have turned to stone. Okay. So these petrified pieces of wood are decorated with bright colors from the minerals and crystals found in them, 
like iron, for example, and like that can give off a really bright red. Hmm. Um, there's some other like minerals in there that are bright colors. And okay. I was going to send you a picture of it. So if you want, you, you can look up what petrified wood looks like. It's like super colorful. Okay. Hold on. Oh, that is so cool. Isn't it so cool? So I was reading that a lot of people, so because of their beautiful and unique colors, people visiting the forest have taken some artifacts home with home with them. Mm-hmm. And I I read somewhere that a ranger like theorized, he's like, I think what really draws people to take these rocks other than what they look like uh-huh. is that when you pick them up, they're heavier than they seem. Like oh. they're very dense. So he's like, I just think people are very fascinated with just that part of it. Um, but many of these artifacts have been returned to the park with notes or letters attached to them, apologizing for taking the pieces from the park. And many of the letters explained that ever since they took it, their lives have been a complete wreck and filled with bad luck. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, they leave a note on it? Yeah, like they'll mail it back or they'll like return it themselves and say like, this is don't what's take happened it. to me. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want this anymore. Yeah. So a visitor center and museum was built in 1991 and on display they have petrified wood, petrified dinosaur bones. I don't know if I'm just going to say this right, but ammonite. I think that's a type of rock or crystal. Okay. Um, and shell fossils. Part of the museum is called the Mystery of the Conscious Wood. And on display are letters that visitors had written about the curse. That's cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So the stories come from people all over the world who have visited the park. And they all tell stories that range from divorce to health problems to car accidents and even death. And I saw a YouTube video of a ranger who explained that it's really unfortunate when people take these rocks away from the park because right now, well, even still for the last decades, it's been used for scientific research because mm-hmm. it's been, you know, over 150 million years. Right. This process has been happening. So archaeologists are going in and like trying to like learn about it. Mm-hmm. So when people are taking the rocks from their original place, it just kind of mess. It kind of messes with their research. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and he also explained that when people are returning these rocks, he's like, we can't just throw them back out into the park because people that are doing their research might find it and be like, oh, this was here when it wasn't really originally there. Yeah, because people so, have taken it somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. So to keep it um, consistent or to keep it authentic, they just toss these returned rocks into piles that are set up outside of the park like the entrance of the park like why can't people just leave shit alone exactly like take pictures and don't touch right like how hard is that don't they say like only take pictures and leave footprints or something yeah 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 one of these stories said that this person had taken some rocks from the forest and had been experiencing bad luck and had her daughter return the rocks shortly after her re- her daughter returned them they found out that her daughter had cancer so the daughter think- who returned it mm-hmm. so oh. they think that that is related to the curse oh there's a bug on my screen he's been flying hey josh over. did levi stop throwing up he hasn't Ugh. oh that sucks that does suck 
Another story was from a young man who said he who said he and his girlfriend were driving home or so him and his girlfriend went to the park, had a great time, best time of their lives, took some rocks and they were driving home and something happened. And I guess she just kind of like flipped and she was like, you know what? We're done. We're over with. Like, I want to break up with you. And he was like, we just had the greatest time. And like, they just got into this random argument that caused them to break up. And so he thought that it was the rocks after learning about the curse. So he returned them with a letter. Or he didn't read the room and they weren't really having fun. (laughs) Only he was having fun. And she was like, are you not? Rocks are stupid. (laughs) Are you not aware of my feelings? Right. I'm giving you signs that I'm not okay, sir. And he's just like, wow. Yeah. Before you blame the rocks, look at all the other evidence (laughs) 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 another story is that one time a couple visited the park while they're on their honeymoon they found a rock that they took home with them and they put it on display as a memorabilia of their honeymoon Mm -hmm. they didn't have an easy marriage and by their 20th anniversary they filed for divorce in their divorce papers the rock was mentioned and they ended up arguing over who took the rock because neither of them wanted it they accuse the rock of cursing their marriage and causing their divorce. Also, so. don't blame the rock. Look at all the other evidence. <laughs> I know, right? It's like <laughs> 20 years of bad marriage. You can't blame it on a rock, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But okay. <laughs> like, it's amazing that if they were cursed for 20 years, that they put up with it for 20 years, you know? Right. How did it well, not end sooner? I wonder if, like, it just bubbled to the surface and, like, one of them was like, you know what? And this stupid rock. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of them's like, it's cursed. It just has to be cursed. It and has the other to one's be. like, if you this... really believe that, we're divorced. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like, the, the rock turned you into a raging bitch. <laughs> and yeah. the rock turned me into an asshole. And here we are. <laughs> right. Damn it. Rock. <laughs> All right. One guy took a 300-pound rock. And in his letter, after he returned it, he explained it was it was worth. Oh gosh, he explained that it was worth it to him to pay for shipping to return the rock that he had taken, and so that he wanted the curse to be lifted from him, and that he was sorry that he took it. So just imagine about postage on a thirty-pound rock. Oh, I thought you said three hundred pounds. Oh, thirty. I was like, dude. <laughs> I might have said three hundred. I meant thirty. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's. Less money than I was thinking. Right. But yeah, that's pricey. All just to lift a curse. Um, Another letter tells a story about five girls who had each taken a rock. Almost immediately after leaving the park, one of them started to get violently ill in the back seat. So they pulled over to let her vomit on the side of the road. And as soon as they opened the door, a cloud of flying ants swarmed around and inside of the car. The rest of the the rest of the ride to their hotel, they picked out bugs from their hair while one of them was still barfing in the backseat. So they get to their destination and they shower. After that, they decided to get food and coffee. And once they got to their order and started driving again, they hit a bump and they and all five of them had drinks in their laps and they flew up and all splashed into their laps. That sounds like a bad day. Right. And then it wasn't until weeks later that someone told them about the alleged curse. So they sent their rocks back with the letter apologizing for what they had taken and then explaining what's happened. 
that's so funny. <laughs> um, interestingly, it went down a ra- I went down a rabbit hole and found that there are places all over the world that share the same sort of legend. Oh, um, I didn't get a ton of things on this list. I just wanted to point out one that's like super duper similar, and that's from Hawaii. There's oh. a curse called Pele's Curse, which is a legend that says someone that if someone takes something that is natively Hawaiian, like sand or seashells or rocks, um, and then they take it away from the islands, that it'll bring them bad luck to whoever they took it, and it won't be lifted until they bring it back. Hmm. Um, there's also a petrified forest in Arizona and one in Texas, and they both have similar curses as well, where the people have sent back the stones with letters and when I was researching this story, I almost got them mixed up because, like, you know, it's oh, all kind because, of connected. Yeah. Yeah. So something about these petrified rocks or just like ancient native, like, pieces of earth, you know? I, I feel like it's like I'm starting to believe a lot in like energies, you know? I feel mm-hmm. like it's not like that it's cursed, but the energy around it is like, not stable stable yeah so it's like you you invite this like foreign energy into your space and it's like causing havoc because it's just yeah you know I could not where it's that idea it's not where it's supposed to be and you like how would you feel if you were that rock <laughs> right you <laughs> took me away bring me back would you cause your parents divorce <laughs> yeah maybe oh that's pretty that's my story that's it so where is it again this is in southern utah um it's just there's a town called escalante oh it's just north of that okay and escalante the state park is mostly known for like the grand staircase you ever heard about that yeah that's where that is okay that's cool i don't think i've ever been there I haven't. I haven't. But it would be cool to see because those yeah. are cool. I've never I've never really seen petrified wood in that state. Like I think I've seen it in like a science thing at school or whatever. Yeah. Where or they let you touch yeah. it. Where it's like oh, yeah. you know, harder than it's supposed to be or whatever. But nothing like that's like crystallized almost like that. It's right. cool. Oh, I should add that there is a fine. <laughs> for anybody who does take a rock and they get you know caught for it mm-hmm. i think I, th- I think i saw it was 500 dollars per piece yikes yeah so don't take anything they do have surveillance they will find you it's not and also it. if you do just really want a piece super duper bad you can buy it from the gift shop i guess they sell some just so people don't have to steal it also I wonder, they, I wonder if they sell the conscious pile you know like the rocks that are returned i wonder if they sell pieces of those I want, yeah i wonder if they break them up and sell them instead of that would make sense yeah yeah so thanks for listening everybody to episode 32 yeah that was that was a fun episode that was a good one yeah so just remember that <laughs> we have a patreon <laughs> yeah uh like we say every time now uh just join (laughs) just join it uh you can see the video recordings of our episodes you can get some presents in the mail you can get some 
uh, exclusive content, also known as On Deck at Dusk, mm-hmm. where we do outernational stories. Right. Correct. And uh, yeah, April just did an outernational story. Mm-hmm. That was really good. What did I do? I don't remember. It was some dude in England. Oh. Yeah, I remember the whole story, but what's his name? I don't know. John? <laughs> Probably. It's a story. It's a good one. If you want to know it, you can join the Patreon. Yeah, if you want to know what it is, you can just join. So this episode airs on November 13th, and then episode 33 will air on November 27th. Mm-hmm. And so between now and then, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving, and we want to know what your favorite thing to make for Thanksgiving is. Yeah. Uh, follow us on social media at Haunt and Cold Podcast, uh, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And visit our website to submit your personal paranormal or true crime stories and purchase merch if you want to. Yeah. And remember to tell your family and friends about us. Spread the word. (laughs) If you're not too embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah, if you're not like, listen, I listened to this podcast and you won't like it, but you should give it a shot anyways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) That'd be nice. Just give us a shot. Just one. But maybe go to episode two. (laughs) I feel (laughs) like that's where we lose a lot. Yeah. Uh, Is episode one is where people are like, you know what? This is not for me. (laughs) It's a great filter, as we always say. It is a great filter. I think that's where we lose a lot of the active Mormons. (laughs) Uh. You know what? We're saving them from things they don't want to hear, I guess. You're right. It's better that they stopped there instead of later. Right. So. When they can really build a true hatred towards us. (laughs) Yeah. And like now I feel like we have our people, you know, the people Mm -hmm. who love and accept us for who we are. And yeah, I say safely, there's at least 10 of you who really enjoy this podcast. Yeah. Uh, The other ones, I think maybe you're just bored. Just passive listeners. (laughs) Yeah. They're just like, you know, I got to drown out the silence somehow. Right. And you've chosen us. So or it's like, you know, I need a daily dose of I'm not the stupidest person on the planet. <laughs> I <laughs> hope we give, for you. Yeah. Got oh, you. We give someone a little pep in their step about their <laughs> about like, their you know, today's shit, but <laughs> at least I'm not April and Katie. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or at least I don't have a crazy family that has henchmen. Oh, you know. You're welcome for that story because, man, I'm grateful for the yeah, messy so life I have. <laughs> yeah, it could be, <laughs> it could be pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, but anyway, okay, well, gonna stop now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. Well, we'll see you next time. <laughs> that everybody just didn't fall asleep on us. <laughs> I'm ready okay. to. I lost it. Okay. <laughs> mm. Okay, bye. bye.